Hello there, and thanks for listening in to our Die of Matthew study. Die of Matthew is the dive study that began it all. Throughout February of 2019, lives were changed and the scriptures came alive to a group of about 50 people as they dove into the book of Matthew, all 28 chapters in 28 days. It moved at a fast clip, but even with that rigorous pace, it became clear that it was worth pursuing an ongoing ministry based on these studies. This is how Dive Collective began. Our new dive studies will be formatted differently, but the process of inductive study remains the same. So as you listen through the book of Matthew, know that we are waiting to welcome you into our current live dive studies where we engage with our Bible study members and dive in at a manageable pace for study. You can find everything you need to know at divecollective.org under our studies tab. Enjoy your time in Dive Matthew, and we hope you'll join us in real time soon. So welcome to Dive Matthew, where we're going to be doing 28 chapters of Matthew in 28 days. For the first study, you're going to want to download our dive guide at www.divecollective.org in our shop under free downloads. Dive studies are our version of inductive Bible study. This particular study of Matthew was the first one we did back in 2019. I hosted that dive guide in a different format on a different website at the time, but now if you want to join in and see how to do a dive study before committing to join us live, you'll want to go ahead and go to divecollective.org to download and get started. So we're going to go ahead and read through the 22nd chapter of Matthew. If you'd like to skip ahead because you've already read this chapter, you can go ahead and do that now. You'll want to join back in at approximately 5 minutes and 17 seconds. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to summon those invited to the banquet, but they didn't want to come. Again, he sent out other servants and said, Tell those who are invited, See, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted calf have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went away, one to his own farm, another to his business. While the rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged, and he sent out his troops, killed those murderers, and burned down their city. Then he told his servants, The banquet is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go then to where the roads exit the city, and invite everyone you find to the banquet. So those servants went out on the roads and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding banquet was filled with guests. When the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed for a wedding. So he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, Tie him up hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to trap him by what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are truthful and teach truthfully the way of God. You don't care what anyone thinks, nor do you show partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Perceiving their malicious intent, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. They brought him a denarius. Whose image and inscription is this? He asked them. Caesar's, they said. Then he said to them, Give then to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, so they left him and went away. That same day, some Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came up to him and questioned him. Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies having no children, his brothers to marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first got married and died. Having no offspring, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second also and the third and so on to all seven. Last of all, the woman died. 
In the resurrection, then, whose wife will she be of the seven? For they all married her. Jesus answered them, You are mistaken, because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Now concerning the resurrection of the dead, haven't you read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together. And one of them, an expert in the law, asked the question to test him. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? He said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All, in the, all the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. While the Pharisees were together, Jesus questioned them. What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? They replied, David's. He asked them, How is it then that David, inspired by the Spirit, calls him Lord? The Lord declared to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David calls him Lord, how then can he be his son? No one was able to answer him at all, and from that day, no one dared to question him anymore. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot to say about that, I feel like. Yeah. All right, for section verses 1 through 14, I have the kingdom of heaven is like king's wedding for his son. Those invited didn't come. He invited again the entirety with the reward of specifics at the banquet, and they still don't come. The servants were mistreated in response. The king was enraged and killed the murderers and destroyed their cities. Again, he told his servants, the invited are unworthy. Go outside the city and invite everyone you find, both evil and good. And then the banquet was filled. The king came to see guests and found a man not clothed for the banquet. The king called him on it. The man was speechless. King had him tied up, hand and foot, and thrown into hell. Many are invited, but few are chosen. Interpretations. So again, I'm trying to figure out the equal signs. God equals the king. The son equals Jesus. The invited equals Israel. The servants equal prophets. Stop me if you have any disagreements here. I'll go slower. Invited equals Israel. Servants equal prophets and faithful Jews. The good and evil equals the Gentiles. Mm. And the man not clothed equals the Antichrist? Maybe? Question mark? I have no idea if the Antichrist is in this. Yeah, I don't know. You keep going, Um, and then I'll tell you what I was thinking. Okay. And I think that that my thoughts on the man not clothed being the Antichrist is that He's walking amongst the others, like he's one of them, but there's like wolves in sheep's clothing um, that the king would recognize that right away. He would know, he would be able to distinguish the one that doesn't fit um, from the others, and that would be. And in the end, in Revelation, that is what he's bound and thrown into hell. That's mm-hmm. the picture that we get of what happens to the Antichrist ultimately. So that's probably where I was making those connections. Another interpretation that I have is that the Antichrist may very well fit into the banquet with the crowd because, okay, I've answered my own thing. The Antichrist may very well fit into the banquet with the crowd because the crowd won't know his heart, but God will recognize him immediately because God sees us only through his son's blood that clothes us in righteousness. God sees theirs clothes and knows who is righteous and who is not just by looking at us identified through our faith in Jesus. Holy cow, that's deep. Yeah. Which that's what I was, so when I... (laughs) 
Should yeah. I say that slowly? <laughs> no, that's I what think. I, when I just went back and looked at it, I was like, oh, when the man without the wedding clothes, because it sounds terrible. Like, mm-hmm. okay, well, get this guy out of here. Because I kind of, when I cursory glance at it, like when I first read it, I think, how did any of those people have wedding clothes? Like they just are the poor people from the streets. Mm-hmm. So from when I looked at it, it always seemed like he just picked one person to walk up to and be like, wear your wedding clothes. Mm-hmm. But I picture nobody having wedding clothes. You right. know what I mean? But that's where the man is speechless. He has no... He has no idea how he got picked out. Right. But I also... I don't think this is a conversation that I've had with you. I don't know. But I also picture, like, when God asks... If God were to ever say... This is about the kingdom of heaven. So if God was ever to come up to me and say... Why are you here? Why should I let you in? My only response to that is Jesus. Mm-hmm. My only response. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty much the same thing as what you were saying. Mm-hmm. I think that this guy just didn't, either he didn't know how to respond or he didn't believe that mm-hmm. what the response, that what he needed to cover him was, Je- you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That- well, I almost think too, if you go through the, if you go, if we stay in the interpretation phase for a little bit and we recognize that, because you, those questions that you have are great. Where did the clothes come from? Because they can't get in. It, if we're talking about wedding clothes, then it makes me think that the servants who went out maybe went with the wedding clothes. Uh-huh. You know, they went with the clo- wedding clothes to offer Jesus to the earth. In this case, right. Jesus being the wedding clothes, his righteousness is only offered through salvation that we, the servants, bring to others mm-hmm. as we bring them the good news. Then they receive the wedding clothes and they put them on and mm-hmm. that then they then they come to the feast. Mm-hmm. And when they come to the feast, they're all allowed in. Mm-hmm. But the Antichrist, not realizing that he's not, Jesus can see, God can see. Right. He knows exactly based on our hearts and whether we're covered Mm -hmm. in Christ's righteousness. And it makes me think that perhaps God is the only one, not perhaps, God is the only one who knows who's clothed in righteousness and who's not. We couldn't possibly know somebody else's heart and whether it's been circumcised the way that Christ circumcises our hearts, right? right? Um, So there's so much beauty in that. I love that I, (laughs) I love that I completely forgot that I came to that interpretation um, by the time it was, like I said, I did this months ago, so it's funny that I just stumbled mm-hmm. upon it and was like, whoa, that makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's how that works, which is why we should just go through the Bible over and over again. Mm-hmm. All right. The next part that I want to talk about is them asking for the tax collector. They ask if it's, they ask if paying tax is legal, basically, if it's lawful. Yeah. I actually skipped that part in my Bible studies. I didn't do it, but instead of doing the part that I did do, which is so good the two Jesus um, dwindling down the Ten Commandments into Ugh. the two. Which we can get to that later. Let's just do it. Okay, okay. let me just, because I just really want to touch on this. Yeah, the Caesar thing is pretty mm-hmm. simple. One, I would definitely go back and compare. This is where I would go, okay, we were talking about the tax thing uh-huh. and the fish, the fish and the coin that came from the fish. These two things I would love to look and compare. Mm-hmm. Like, how do those things fit together? Because mm-hmm. this is the second time that Jesus is being asked about taxes and money. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I did get from it in the past that I wanted to talk about is Jesus's question. Why are you testing me hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. They brought him a denarius whose image and inscription is this? He asked Caesar's. They said, then he said to them, give then to Caesar, the things that are Caesar's and to God, the things that are God's. 
that observation interpretation section, observing that carefully, we have the same situation again where we have we're talking about Caesar, but then God then God Jesus brings in a, a whole nother character in the story, which is God. Give unto mm-hmm. God's what's God's. And so then you that would cause me to ask. Well, then what's God's? If we see Caesar and we see the coin is Caesar's, then what what is God's? And so then for Caesar, we were looking at the image. Mm -hmm. And then so for God, we would look, what's God's image? Where is God's image Mm -hmm. emblazed on and where? Yeah. Us. Yeah. (laughs) We are made in God's image. And so this is that same idea. If we go back, then it would fit with the same conclusion that I made in that last portion about the taxes, that when we're sons, we're free. But when we're sons, we're also all everything all his. To God. Yes, yeah. all of us belongs mm-hmm. to, to him. Everything that we are, everything that we own, mm-hmm. everything that we do, all belongs to God. And yeah. so, and this would how, be a more this would be another confirmation of what yeah. he was teaching me before. And I love how just that one key word image brings in so much more. Yes, that's such a. I mean, that's another theme that you can trace all the way through Scripture. Yes, us being made in the image yeah. of God. Yep. Okay, so that's all I really wanted to touch on for that part. I say let's go to that part where Jesus narrows down all of the commandments into the two. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just jump in. The one observation that I made that I love when I, when I pull it through all the way to interpretation and application is that the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Um, not the second. It's the first and the second put together. And then he says all the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. So it's not just the Ten Commandments, but all the laws that came after those mm-hmm. Ten Commandments and everything that was written in Deuteronomy and right, everything. the whole law, yeah. Yes, everything is can be summed up uh-huh. in doing those two things. Mm-hmm. If you do those two things, you, you're good. Which, like. We can't do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I loved about this is that the Pharisees, the Pharisees just ask him which law is the greatest. They mm-hmm. just want him. It's just another way for them to kind of trap him. Mm -hmm. And they, so they're looking at the Old Testament law that they have. And there's, I mean, there's the Ten Commandments, but there's tons of law. Like there was a lot of law besides Mm -hmm. just the Ten Commandments. And so they're like, so which ones, which one matters the most? Like almost Mm -hmm. like if we're going to break some of them, which ones can we break? Which ones should we not break? (laughs) Right. And so Jesus, of course, says like loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind is the biggest and then he's like oh and by the way I know you didn't ask for this like second commandment but let me just throw everything else off like all those other commands that you've always been taught Mm -hmm. and tell you that this is the other one that matters that's good Annika they didn't ask for that and it wasn't one of the laws no it wasn't it's brand new and Mm -hmm. so Jesus is saying and when you think about it all of those other laws like those ten commandments don't steal don't murder don't commit adultery Right. Well, if you're loving people, you're not going to steal from mm-hmm. them. You're not going to. So, I mean, it's true. Like when you break it down like that, it does wrap up into love your neighbor as yourself. Um, but it's even more than just not doing. Loving your neighbor as yourself is more than just not doing the things you're not supposed to do. It takes it to the extreme like Jesus right. always it does. It includes a whole other, mm-hmm. like I, actually treat them the way you want to be treated. Don't. It's not just don't do this. It's, it's also do this. It's don't just go with them as far as they ask. Go the extra right, right. mile if they... So I yes. love how Jesus is just like, let me just give you a little bit extra that yeah. you didn't ask for. So as you were reading that last portion, 41 through 46, it sort of, my spirit sort of quickened to it. I don't really understand that whole section and why that is what shut them up. 
but I, inside, I sort of felt like, man, there's something there. Mm-hmm. There's some really good stuff there that I would actually really like to dig into more. So I'll be curious if anybody does dig in there. It's funny because I totally felt the same way when I read it. When I finished reading, I kind of snickered to myself, but I don't remember why. Like now I'm looking at it and I'm like, what was it that, I have no idea. Well, I remember for me, I kind of snickered because it was like. When they say they dared not to question him anymore. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because what, what was it about that last thing that was like, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, there's. I love it when I get left with questions, and that's where I'm at with that. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dive Matthew. If you enjoyed our version of Inductive Bible Study and want to join our community of people all working on the same book of the Bible together, come check us out at divecollective.org and sign up for one of our current live dive studies. We believe you'll find a welcoming community, one where you'll be challenged, inspired, and uplifted. Come and see.